Hello, and welcome. I'm Mark Winkworth, and you're listening to Tales of the Sea. This series is my chance to share some of my favorite stories, poetry, plays, music, and true life adventures inspired by the sea. Along the way, we'll hear about and on occasion meet with some of the talented and courageous individuals who brought these tales and adventures to life. I grew up boating on the lakes in Michigan and learned to sail in the waters of Long Island Sound in New York State. I have to say, being on the water is truly my happy place. That's why it's my pleasure to share and celebrate some of my favorite tales of the sea with you. In this episode, we're going to talk about ghost ships. That's right, the spooky stuff of legend and mystery. Maritime history and literature are filled with tales of ghost ships. Some of them vanish into thin air. Some are mysterious vessels found sailing the oceans with no one aboard. And some are stories of the curses that often sent ships to a terrible, deadly, or undeadly fate. You might even be thinking of Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean and Johnny Depp's character Captain Jack Sparrow aboard the ghost ship The Black Pearl. For me, one of the most chilling tales of a phantom ship is that of the Flying Dutchman. It's had many iterations over the years, but my favorite adaptation is an opera composed by Richard Wagner. Tale of the Flying Dutchman, a death ship cursed to sail forever. Some historians think the Flying Dutchman is based on a true story, that of a 17th century Dutch merchant uh, helmed by an overbearing, sadistic captain. He was a skilled seaman, but one who had very few scruples and who infamously mistreated his crew. In 1680, he was caught in a terrifying storm off the Cape of Good Hope. He refused his crew's pleas to find safe harbor. Instead, he shook his fist and challenged God to sink his ship, swearing an oath to sail until Judgment Day. Well, the devil heard his oath and maliciously decided to grant the captain's wish. And to this day, the ship is a haunted prisoner of those violent, windswept seas. Some writers added that the Dutchman was traveling with great treasure chests of gold. A Swedish writer even added a magical gold ring to the story. Another suggests the captain and the devil played a gambling game and were often seen rolling the dice on the deck for the captain's soul. But as I mentioned, my personal favorite version of The Flying Dutchman is by Richard Wagner, right? He's the German composer in the mid-1800s. I'll admit, I'm a bit of an opera buff, so perhaps that's why this version stands out for me. And I appreciate how Wagner used elements of the Dutchman's stories that had not only come before him, uh, but parts of his own life to flesh out this version of the tale. What parts of his own life did he use? Well, he was a young man, only 26, determined to make a name for himself, despite the hardship of coming from a less-than-connected or wealthy family, 
and he was determined to make a future for himself in music, despite a lack of formal training. Richard Wagner was about five foot three, odd-looking, with an oversized head. He was overly intense and extremely full of himself. He'd begun to make a minor name for himself in the theater world of Germany as a composer and director. He was known for writing both lyrics and music for his operas, which was unusual for a composer of his time and, in fact, to the present day. While working at a small provincial theater, he'd fallen madly in love with a strikingly beautiful and popular dark-haired actress named Minna Planer. In fact, she was the sole reason he took the low-paying job in the first place. Almost immediately, he declared his love for Minna, and a big surprise to those around them, this unexpected duo became engaged to be married. But both had huge egos, and they clashed mightily. Wagner was very possessive, and Minna was definitely not committed to fidelity, and this made Wagner insanely jealous, and they were soon once again in bad financial straits. Wagner and Minna, to avoid debt collectors, decided to escape Germany in the dead of night and use the last of their money to pay a ship captain who would take them without their official papers, and were soon on a small ship traveling into the Baltic Sea. The expected voyage to London was scheduled to take seven days, but it lasted more than three weeks due to treacherous, murderous seas off the coast of Norway. In total, the ship encountered five major storms. Wagner probably wondered if this ship would ever reach a port, the idea to compose a musical drama based on a ship that sailed forever, Der Fliegende Hollander, or The Flying Dutchman, began to take shape. In Wagner's own words, the voyage through the Norwegian reefs made an impression on my imagination. The legend of The Flying Dutchman took on a distinctive, strange coloring that only my sea adventures could have given it. He began composing music to relay the power and fury of the storms that he and Minna had experienced on their sea voyage. Let's listen to a bit of the overture. Wagner used a haunting horn theme to set the tone and then adds brass, trumpets, trombones, and tuba, 
as well as wind instruments, flutes and oboes and clarinets, to bring the raging sea and wind to life. Then he adds percussion, heavy timpani, to make the audience really feel those huge swells of stormy sea. The story in Wagner's version goes like this. Every seven years, the captain of a ghost ship who has been cursed because of his arrogance in refusing to save his ship and crew is allowed to disembark and go ashore in search of true love. If the captain can find a woman who will be faithful to him unto death, the ship's curse will be lifted. The Dutchman, captain of the ghostly ship, pulls into a small Norwegian harbor where he meets Daland, a sea captain. Daland learns that the Dutchman's ship, with its blood-red sails and black masts, is heavy with riches that the Dutchman offers in return for a night's lodging. Daland cannot believe his good fortune and offers to bring the Dutchman home and meet his daughter, Senta. Meanwhile, Senta has been obsessed with an old portrait of a bearded man that hangs above the mantel. She is struck by the handsome pale face in the painting and becomes more and more enamored. Her dominating suitor, Eric, arrives. He wants Senta to plead his case with her father so they can marry. She's evasive, thinking about the face of the man in the painting, wondering how she could commit herself to Eric when her heart is elsewhere. Eric is determined they marry quickly because of a dream he had, a dream in which he saw her father coming ashore with a ghastly stranger, and Senta embracing that stranger and sailing away with him. Senta sloughs off Eric's dream. Surely that will not come to pass, but still she refuses his pleas for a quick marriage. Just then, Daland, her soon-to-be-wealthy father, enters and presents the Dutchman and announces that he, the Dutchman, is to be Senta's bridegroom. Senta is transfixed. The Dutchman's face is exactly the same as the one in the portrait. The lovers connect. True love is now within their grasp. The final scene finds Eric, jealous, crazed, forcefully pleading his case to Senta, which is misinterpreted by the Dutchman, who, distraught, returns to his ship, once again convinced true love has eluded him. As the ghostly crew sets sail, Senta rushes to the water's edge, calling out she will be faithful unto death. Desperate, she leaps off the cliff and into the sea causing the ship to sink. The sea then rises, and the ghostly figures of Senta and the Dutchman float upward. Let's listen to the final chords of the opera. Senta plunges into the sea, and the lovers rise up toward that light.
Silent Curtain. Yeah, a cheery story, full of hubris, great love, great betrayal, and redemption, all part of Wagner's life, and blended with the legend of the Flying Dutchman. As I mentioned, Wagner wrote his own librettos as well as the musical score, so he's also using language to relay the raging seas. When the Dutchman first appears, he sings, To you, surging ocean, I remain slave, until your last wave breaks, and your last waters run dry. How often into ocean's deepest maw I have plunged longingly, but alas, I have not found death. There on the reef's fearful graveyard of ships I have driven my ship, but ah, the grave would not take me. The Dutchman, despite all his best efforts, is unable to end the curse. Why does the story of the Flying Dutchman have such lasting power? Well, some think the ghost ship is real and have recorded sightings of it. In 1881, 13 crewmen on a British warship, including Prince Albert and Prince George, who became King George V, saw a phantom ship. It had a strange red glow and was approaching their ship's port bow, and then suddenly vanished. In 1923, four seamen reported seeing a derelict ship they believed to be the Flying Dutchman off the Cape of Good Hope. Again, the ship appeared and then suddenly vanished. Another incident occurred in 1939, when a group of folks near Table Bay in Cape Town, on the southern coast of Africa, reported seeing a haunted ship with blood-red sails headed toward shore. Truth? Fact? Fiction? Who knows? Science has another possible explanation. The sightings are natural optical phenomenon. They occur at sea when moisture and atmospheric conditions combine with light, resulting in a displaced image of distant objects. This is called a fata morgana, which is very cool. Agreed. But not as mind-bendingly cool as the idea of ghost ships. That ends this episode of Tales of the Sea. This is your host, Mark Winkworth. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends. And thanks for listening.